welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. The subject matter for the next two months, I think it is, yeah, this month and next month, is elephant in the room. Remember we did that last year? Yeah. It's where we talk about the controversial issues that we want to discuss in church, but we don't. And I often find the elephant in the room generates murmuring, gossip, all right? Do you know the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. That's exactly right, yeah. So, so that's what we're going to do, one bite at a time. Um, and we find that when we finally get through the elephant, it produces freedom, really, because the elephant in the room is many times bondage. Yeah, so, yeah. So I, I like this subject. I like the, the whole idea of talking about elephant in the room because I believe in freedom in the spirit. Who, who believes in freedom in the spirit? Yeah, amen. All right. Um, we love freedom in the spirit and we also love grace. Often we don't extend that freedom in the spirit to others. <laughs> And often we don't extend that grace to others. All right. And um, so in that context, I want to say that the message titled today is, Can Women Preach? Yeah. Yes, we're going to go there. All right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, I find it very interesting that whenever we have some kind of weird idea, that we certainly like to shove it down people's throats. Um, a good example is drums. Uh, if you were around long enough, like me, drums in a church was, nope, that's a big nope. That is a straight to hell nope. I don't know if you know this, but when I was a kid, they handed around comics, like comic books. And in those comic books, we're talking about the evils of drums in church. Yeah, it has to relate to the Druids, and that's why you're all going to hell. True. I'm not making that up. It's like, wow. Um, another one is radio. So when Christian radio came about, yeah, there was a really big thing in the church about how, no, no, Satan owns the airways, and we can't go there. Really big. And they, you know, some, they found, they've got scripture to back all this up, eh? The drums thing, the radio thing. So it's not like just someone's weird idea. They can say, hey, the Bible says. Uh, The radio one surprised me because do you know how many millions of people right now are being ministered to through radio all over the world? Millions. Yeah. what What a battle. What a battle over ideas and bias. And my favorite one, I was having a chat to our awesome keyboardist Matt today, um, was music. So there was this guy years and years ago, I won't say his name, um, but he went through multiple churches, I think worldwide, but certainly here in Australia, talking about the evils of the minor chord. Yeah. So in a chord, you've got three notes. And he was using scripture to say those three notes represent the Trinity. And when you diminish one of the notes, the third one, or move it, um, it diminishes the Holy Spirit. And his whole ministry was going from church to church, using the Bible to explore that, all right? 
Um, and I was having a chat to my life group this week, and we were talking about the, some of the weird ideas that are out there. And it was actually my wife who brought up, she's like, well, then if they can use the Bible to explain their weird ideas, how do we, how do we know if it's real or not? Like, what, what's, the, what's the, um, the go-to? And I said, well, there's, the best way to get around bias is to firstly read the whole Bible in context, you know? Not just, not just one verse, not even just a chapter, you know, the whole Bible. And then also godly wisdom, talking to each other. Like, we're not meant to do church alone. I think Pastor Mark, he says, those who grow alone grow weird. I mean, if you're stuck on a deserted island and all you've got is the Bible and you, good luck, you need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I get that. But we don't. We, we come to church and we have each other that we can certainly discuss these ideas off, all right? So when I say, uh, can women preach, first point is women in ministry. And so, oh, sorry, the title is women in ministry. So as soon as anyone says that, there are some people who will immediately, immediately say, nope. It's like, oh, can women preach? Nope. Why? It's in the Bible. My question is, are you sure? Like, are you really sure? Because what I do know is in the Bible 100% is that it, the Bible says don't add or subtract to God's ways. It's in Deuteronomy 4 verse 20. It says this, you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep, that word there, Shema, means guard. Remember? We talked about that a few months ago. Guard. Guard. You may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. It's like, but, but Paul, I'm sure Paul said something about women and preaching and teaching. Okay, well, what I can tell you definitely what he did not do was add to the law, 100%. He was a good Jewish boy. He even brags about being a Jew of the Jew and a Pharisee of the Pharisees. So there's no way that he was adding to the law. Um, one of the reasons why God says don't add to the law, this is interesting, is if we add to the law and the ways of God, you end up diluting it. You end up diluting the really important ways. The ones where God's like, no, these are my principles. And if you just keep adding things to it, the tank of principles and commandments gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it just dilutes them. And eventually people are like, huh, it's okay. Like, no, God's like, no, don't add. So Paul was very, very Jewish, very, very clear. I'm a massive Paul fan, actually. And he was a genius. He definitely did not add to the laws. So when Paul states, you know, women shouldn't do this or do that, and then he mentions, because it's the law, point one, for those who like notes, what law? What law? In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 34, it says, Let women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, Whoa. but they are to be submissive as the law also states. What law? What law? Uh, when I was studying yeshiva, for those who are new, um, for about five years I was in a rabbinical yeshiva. I, I did Bible college, a bit of Bible college. I wasn't very good at it. So I decided I really should study Hebrew and go to a rabbinical yeshiva. Uh, and it was actually the rabbi of that yeshiva. Yeshiva is, yeah, rabbinical college. He, he actually pointed this out to me. He said, John, 
You're learning, you're learning Torah. How many laws are there? There's approximately 613, traditionally 613, okay? There's a little bit more than that, but around 613. And he said, tell me which law says women are not allowed to speak. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So I'm looking through 613. <laughs> that's a long day. Do you know how many laws there are that say women can't speak? Zero. Okay. Hmm. Um, so it can't be Torah law that Paul's speaking about because Torah definitely does not say women should be quiet. And Paul, no way was he adding or subtracting to the law. Um, and even if there was, this is interesting because I've had people say, oh, no, no, it's because in Timothy it talks about, you know, men being um, created first and women and all that. Okay, so which is fine. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But even if there is a law that says women shouldn't talk, Paul also says that we are not under law. So which one is it? Is it, hey, we should be, make the women quiet because the law, but also we're not under law? We, we, have, to, we have to decide. Okay, so in Romans 6.14 it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And as I said at the very beginning, we love grace. God, we need your grace. But we don't extend it to others well enough. And the reason why we are not under law is so that we can extend that grace. So why don't we extend that to women? And again, the same people who are saying that, we, that women shouldn't preach are amazingly the same ones who say that we're not under law. All right. So I want to show you, this would be cool, I want to show you what law he might be talking about. There's a few scholars actually and historians that have dug this up. So this isn't a new concept, all right? There was actually a Roman law. I think I've got it up. It's called the Quaest, all right? I cannot read Latin, unfortunately. Um, I figure trying to study Greek and, like, Hebrew was enough. Latin? Yeah, no, I'm out. Okay, but so I'm going to tell you what this actually says in English. <laughs> yeah, I know, good, good old English. Um, I didn't... Not only have I read this in historical documents and proper translators have translated it in English, I ran this through Google Translate as well, just to double check. <laughs> well, I wanted to be right. Anyway, this is what it says. This is a law around Jesus' time during the Roman Empire. It says, women are precluded from all public offices. Therefore, they cannot be judges nor execute the function of magistrates. They cannot sue they cannot plead. That plead there is speaking out in congregational points. They can't, no, I need, you know, they can't be outspoken, uh, nor act in any case as proxies. There is some historical um, commentary about this, and it says that women couldn't speak even in public. They just weren't allowed to talk. So that's interesting, eh? Because Paul says, you know, women need to be quiet as in her law. Has anyone ever seen this? No. Yeah. So, firstly, very interesting. Um, if it's not this law, this Roman Latin law, uh, it could actually be called halakha. Halakha is customary law derived from scripture. Right, halakha. So, uh, so, point two for those who like notes uh, core or custom. This is what we need to find out. Is it a principle of God? Or is it a custom? Now, before everyone thinks I'm progressive in Christianity, I am not. (laughs) 
Oh, I think the ways of God are the ways of God. They're in black and white. Absolutely. When someone says, love is love, I'm like, God says what love is. Don't, don't change that one. All right? And a whole stack of other things. All right. But <laughs> I'm not here to talk about that today. <laughs> That's another elephant in the room, maybe for later, yeah? Mm, not. Uh, <laughs> who's game enough to preach on that one? Anyway, um, but customs in the Bible are actually not that uncommon. I'm not talking about the black and white ways of God. Customs are all through the Bible, it's not, and it's honestly not a problem. We have customs. For example, coming to church is a custom. You know, show one verse that says go to church on Sunday. It says don't neglect the gathering of the saints. That's great. But you can do that anywhere, really, at home. But this is a nice custom. I like it. Um, <laughs> drums is a custom. <laughs> Jesus had customs. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, no, Jesus didn't do the traditions of men. Yes, he did, if they were godly. Don't get, don't get too weird about this, all right? For example, um, in Luke 4, verse 16, it says, so he, that's Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, as his custom was, so as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Nice, nice custom, hey. But they acknowledge it was just a custom. So Paul had customs. He's very aware of this. I like this. This is very interesting. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 16. Remember, this is Paul, the same guy who's talking about women, what they should and shouldn't do. Uh, this one in context is about the hats. Remember old school where the ladies would wear the, the napkins or the hats on their head? Yeah. Oh, I noticed Pastor Mel wearing a hat today. <laughs> I thought, ah, oh, you've been extra biblical. <laughs> All right, so 1 Corinthians 11 verse 16, it says, But if any man seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. So Paul accepts that there are just same customs. He was like, look, he thinks that women should wear, I had their hair long and put a covering on because he thinks it's a good custom. All right. Moving on. So the idea that women should be quiet, it could be local Roman law, it could be a custom, but it was certainly not the core of Scripture. It's really interesting in 1 Corinthians 14.34, it's one of the first verses we just read out, where it says, let women keep silent in the churches, for they're not permitted to speak. You really should read the whole chapter on that one. Because four verses earlier, four verses, not like at the beginning of the Bible, four verses earlier, Paul says exactly the same thing to men. Yeah, it's crazy. This is what it says. This is verses 28 to 30. 1 Corinthians 14, 28 to 30 says, But if there be no interpreter, let him, let the man... Keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. <laughs> it's like, just keep it to yourself, guys. Keep quiet. And if anything be revealed to another man or person that sits by, let the first hold his peace. So this, Paul was addressing in that whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 14, he was addressing people being disruptive, both men and women. But y'all only focus on the women bit. (laughs) 
Amen, don't be disruptive. Then Paul says, hey, don't be disruptive. And we only read eight verses with the women part. Okay, come on, guys, we can do better than this. Well, what about Timothy? All right, in 1 Timothy 2 verse 12, he says, and I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. Now, I will be the first to admit that I believe that there is an anointing for men generally to teach. I do, okay? Uh, But that does not mean that women should never teach. There is an authority. I agree, and I accept that. I think God's given a, a manly authority. But that does not mean that women do not have authority. So now... There's actually quite a lot of scholars who believe that these verses that we just read out are directed at very specific issues for very specific churches. Obviously, something that we can learn from, of course. They're good. But it's not a general rule that we should shove down people's throats and not have grace with. We need context the whole Bible context. Musicians, you can come up. I want to show you a picture, right? This is an intersection. Um, Yeah, this this is a T intersection of a road, all right? Uh, This is how I want you to read Scripture. So any kind of these controversial verses or ones that are hard to understand, this is how you should be reading the Bible, okay? So... I'm going to go through it fairly quickly, but I need you to understand before we move on. At the bottom here, you can see all these signs that are saying turn right. Now, if you lived on the south side and you wanted to get to the beach to watch the sunrise, as you're headed north, you would have to turn which way? Turn right. If you're coming from the south, if you're coming from the south, you would have to turn right. So what I would do is I would tell, if, if the sheer majority of you lived on the south side, I would say, hey, guys, you've got to turn right. You, you need to turn right. Turn right, turn right, turn right, turn right, turn right, turn right, turn right. Everywhere, heaps of times, turn right. Now, if I happen to say to one, maybe two of you, you should turn left, am I contradicting myself? Or is it because I know you're coming from a different position? Yeah, I'm thinking, huh, I know that you're coming from the north side, so I have to give you slightly different advice. We are all going the same place. (coughs) We're all watching the sunrise together, people. But two of you might have to turn left. This is what we've done with Can Women Preach. We do the next one with the verses. Two, two passages women should not preach or teach. Ignoring all of the rest of the Bible that says turn right. Heaps of them. Wait, the context. The whole Bible. The whole Bible, guys. 
That's what we need to understand. Um, my wife has said this multiple times to me over the years just to help bring me back in line because, you know, I'm one of these people that I spiral in my head, come up with some weird ideas too. <laughs> wife, she says to me, don't make the exception the rule. Going to say that again. Don't make the exception, the two, the rule. Finally, point three. We are all here to advance the kingdom of God. All of us. I'll give you an example. This, this really opened my eyes. This was a few years ago, but really opened my eyes about how twisted and how, how twisted we can be and how we, we don't offer grace and, and how we're far more interested in our bias and opinion than we are in advancing the kingdom of God. This is actually true. There is an entire cult out there who really, I actually think they're believers still because they really have a heart after God, but they're just very whacked. And their whole thing is, if you are a left-handed person, you're going straight to hell. (laughs) I wish I was making this up. I'm not. Yeah, I was in a group and then all these people started to come in and they were talking about it. And I thought they were joking at first. And then I found out they weren't. And they were talking about, you know, this left-handed scripture and, you know, like the customs of the left hand. And, man, honestly, they backed up their position pretty well. Now, I'm a little bit ambidextrous, so I'm like, only half of me is going to hell. The other half of me is saved. (laughs) But, yeah, telling a whole generation, no, you have no place in the kingdom of God or in ministry because you're left-handed. Now, we laugh at that, but we've done that to women for hundreds of years. Oh, no, you've got no place in this. You know, this whole can women preach has literally split churches. If I'm, like, trying to work out the Scripture, I would see that there's only one real person who wants to split a church, and it ain't God, it's the other guy. So if this subject is enough and powerful enough to split churches, it needs to be addressed with and it needs to come under the blood of Jesus. Imagine being the guy. Man, this is for you. Imagine being the guy telling a whole generation of left-handed people that they can't minister and that the uh, the God-given gift on their life is of no value. And there are actually people like, oh, okay, out of submission, I'll misguided submission, but still submission. They're like, okay, well, I guess I won't minister. Well, what about all the people that 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 person was meant to minister to? Like, imagine standing before God and saying, oh no, I told that person not to minister to anybody. I told that person they're not allowed to have fruit in their life. Thankfully, God is very merciful and He's worked this out. I get it. But I don't want to be that one. Even Jesus said, woe to those through whom temptations and trials come. I don't want to be that guy. I want to say, women, context of Scripture. I want to give you some examples. Well, actually, we'll start with Colossians 3, verse 16. Right? This, is, this is important. Colossians 3, 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, 
teaching, not the women, I doesn't say that, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace, whoops, there's that grace word again, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Imagine if I was cooking dinner. Right? And the wife comes over and she says, oh, this needs more salt. And I'm like, don't teach me, woman. I forbid that a man, woman should teach a man. I, I'll make dinner without the salt. I have a joke with the kids. Sometimes we'll be driving along. And you know, I've got a GPS. Yeah? And it's like a woman's voice. There's a few times I'll joke. And it'll say, turn left at the next light. I'll go, don't teach me, woman. Turn it off. Where's the male voice in this? It sounds funny, but I really do do that. It's pretty funny. Kids have a good laugh. Because I just think it's ridiculous, and it is that ridiculous, to forbid anyone from doing a God-given role. So I'm going to go through, not too long, but very quickly, some of the passages in Scripture just about women. Women in public roles. Women who were leaders. Women who were prophets. You know, teachers. In Philippians, I'm not going to read them all out, I promise, because there's too many. In Philippians 4, 3. In Romans 16, you've got women who were in public roles and were co-workers of the gospel with Paul and Timothy. Co-workers. Acts 16, verse 14. Romans 16, verse 2. If you need the notes, you can ask me afterwards because there's too many. These were women in business. Have you not read Psalm, oh, sorry, Proverbs 31? Proverbs 31 is a woman in business. If you are ever a woman in business, and I know some of you are, sometimes you have to teach your employees. It's like, are you allowed to do that? No, no teaching. I forbid that a woman should teach a man. Well, then don't get any male employees. That makes it really awkward. See how ridiculous this is. And we just hindered women. Ugh. Anyway, women in business. Uh, it was actually Lydia and Phoebe, businesswomen, co-workers of the gospel. You know, women were firstly entrusted to spread the gospel of the news with Christ's resurrection. Jesus did not appear to the boys. It was to the women. Imagine him saying, hey, I'm ro- I've risen from the dead, but don't tell anyone because you're women. I'll... I'll I'll go tell the guys because I forbid you to teach. You know, can you see the context of Scripture is very different. In fact, in Matthew 28, Jesus said, Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there they shall see me. So yeah, women, brilliant. 2 Kings 22, 11 to 20. 2 Chronicles 33, 14 to 33. You've got who to the prophetess? The prophetess. She instructed high officials It wasn't even like, oh, I need to like prophesy quietly. No, she was a prophet to high officials of the land, telling them what God was saying to the people. Kings, and if you read this, including the king, kings and priests. Yeah. They didn't go, don't talk to me. 1 Samuel 25, 14 to 35, Abigail successfully interceded before King David on behalf of a whole family. It's okay to get in there. Luke 2, verse 36 to 4. I'm not even reading out these passages. I'm just trying to summarize, man, seriously. Luke 2, 36 to 38. Anna prophesied and taught in the temple. In the temple. 
Acts 21, 8 to 9. Philip's daughters prophesied openly. Weren't told to be silent. Prophesied. Exodus 15 and 20, you've got Miriam the prophetess was not told to be silent. She offered a song of praise and led the whole congregation in worshiping God. Isaiah 8, 3, there's another prophetess. She's unnamed, but she's speaking. Man, Acts 2, verse 17 to 18. This is what God says. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, pretty sure that's feminine. And on my handmaidens, I don't have to get into the Hebrew of that one. Um, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Now, honestly, are you going to be the one who stands against God and say, I'm sorry, God, they're not allowed to prophesy because they're women. Good luck with that. <laughs> and on my very last point, and this is a bit adult, but did you know this? In the Bible, in the Bible, women even hold equal power in the bedroom. Some of you guys need to hear that. It's actually in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 4. It says, The wife does not have power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise, the husband does not have power over his own body, but the wife. Paul did not even diminish the authority of a woman in the bedroom. How much more the Word of God and reaching our generation and our community and this whole world for God. Women rise up. Men rise up. This nation needs men and women to speak, to prophesy, to lead, to love, to have grace, freedom in the Spirit. You know, I was... I was talking to God last night about this, and it was very much freedom in the Spirit. And then I noticed this morning, I know they've been advertising it for a while, but this morning it really took my interest. What's the SWB conference called? Freedom. 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 Let's pray, shall we? Beautiful God, thank you so much for our women. Lord, I just want to break bondages, Father, and chains and shackles. Release your anointing. Women, as we're praying, if this is on your heart where you are, God, I believe. Then just pray with me now. Man, if you've misunderstood, held back the women in your life, I genuinely think it's time for us to repent. Left-handed people, women, set them free. Freedom in God, freedom in the Spirit, grace in our hearts and grace for others. Let's pray. Father, we just give to you the women, Lord, and the men, all those who have in their hearts for ministry, God. In their hearts to teach. 
in their hearts for grace and love towards others. Lord, I just ask that we give them and extend them that freedom and that grace in this church.